Hello, and welcome to Dice Punks, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. This week in episode 12, our nobilis abroad rush to confront a furious roar from the forest in an unfamiliar land. your friendly neighborhood game master and joining me are hi i'm drew i'll be playing dosk tier the duke excuse me the regal of nothing not that he makes a big deal about it or anything <laughs> i'm robin and i'll be playing the foxy forge mistress lissa crate aka the duchess of fury most excellent uh before we get started let's briefly recap any character stat growth and the events of the previous episode for ourselves and our listeners i think in terms of character stat growth we have some we do. <laughs> yeah. So, How are you spending your mortal experience? I have seven points, which, as you astutely pointed out last time, I've been hoarding like a dragon. Um, so I'm going to add one of those points to create a die, a single die in the new language. Diamok. Diamok. Uh, is the name of okay. that language. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just going to have to abbreviate this shortly on the the character sheets that i'm <laughs> doing this fine. live um <laughs> and yeah, then i am going to ensure that electo is not neglecto <laughs> and uh use the remaining six points to promote one of my dice in that pool to a master die so now i have four Indeed. and a master die in my weapon hammer stat and you will not ever miss again if you are not penalized <laughs> Perfect. i mean you could still be dodged uh but you would have a a, a hit uh you know uh on the board so uh i don't think dosk is spending any experience dosk has nothing to spend but that's partly because <laughs> at the very end of last session um i got two dice in diamok uh via via bargaining <laughs> and and, <Right>. uh, <laughs> and good fortune and trying really really hard in game <laughs> that is true uh so i think our summary this time falls to lissa it does i was still typing stuff on my character <laughs> that is a worthy distraction it carry is. on <clears throat> yeah, yeah. first mate's log boat date night five aboard the swift of ferret we have made contact with the people of tiamat is that right? Dumacor. Let me do that yeah, again. I started laughing because I had a blank. Dumacor <laughs> is the place. Dumacor the language. I am asking. Yes, just to make sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. Dumacor is the place. And then I said the language instead. I had both like written on my notes. I I don't know. I looked it up to show the camera, but I had like a colon between the two, and it did not annotate which was which. Okay. <clears throat> and you know, it's confusing being in a new place and learning a new language, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're just simulating that. And I was not helping with the notes that I was taking. So let's continue with my Captain Jean-Luc Picard ripoff. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Trek where Lissa is the captain, I would watch that shit out of Oh, no, she's the first mate. She's acknowledging that there is a captain who is not her. And it's sure, also okay. funnier to call her the first mate. That's, I, okay, agreed on all counts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
first mate's log, boat date night five aboard the Swift of Theret. We have made contact with the people of Diamacor. If I didn't like them as much, I might make a joke about first contact involving less contact than expected. But Dosk and I have had nothing but a warm, if not confusing, welcome. Case in point, I may now be betrothed several times over. <laughs> At any rate, this land is beautiful and its people kind. They have a staggering abundance of metals and alloys, gemstones and minerals, and they even taught me a thing or two about blacksmithing. As much as I've taken a shining to playing in the forge with my new friends, Dusk also seems to be in his element learning the language. We're the first Taraxans to set foot on this new land, and yet, strangely enough, this is the closest that I've felt to normal, or even happy, in a long time. But I have to remind myself that this fleeting joy is temporary at best. The attack on fury in my domain feels like a festering pestilence leaking out from the center, from the other side of the valley, and into every single soul in this wondrous place. It's like a wound in each and every one of them, but it's strange. Were I not attuned to my domain, this place would feel like paradise without a problem to be fixed. I can't tell Dosk this information. I can barely acknowledge it myself, but I may have to sooner rather than later. Just as I resigned myself to another night of restless sleep, I felt relief in the flash and flare of fury from the woods. And then the screams began. Nice. I like the dramatic ending, but the whole thing was quite lovely. Uh, yeah, so uh, we rejoin our nobilis in action here. Um, they were bedding down. There is an animal roar from the forest, accompanied by this eruption of fury that Lissa felt. Uh, as well as sounds of alarm and fear from throughout the village. Uh, in case our listeners need catching up, this is the village they stopped in on their way around the, the vale in which they found themselves in the mountains, uh, on their way to the larger city on the other side. Uh, I don't think we have as yet inquired or found out uh, about its name. But the villagers have been, as listen noted, quite friendly. And now they sound quite afraid. Take it away, Nobilis. We may wish to help them, and indeed ourselves. Uh, are you, can you, is this, is this what brought us, do you think? Uh, just the opposite. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> mm. All right, well, I suppose um, we, uh, we, we head we outside. Rush out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so you rush out of this uh, wayhouse that you're staying in. Um, you note that, uh, Hilla, the headmistress of the wayhouse, is in the common room below with a, uh, cast iron griddle in, uh, like, you know, uh, held in both hands, kind of, like, up as a shield slash bludgeoning agent, and she's sort of crouched protectively behind the bar, watching the door. You can hear sounds of commotion from outside. Mostly people seem to be running toward the lakeside. Uh, you don't imagine that they're going all the way down to the lake, but sort of downhill, you know, uh, toward that side of the village. Uh, and there seems to be some attempt 
at imposing order. As you step out through the door of the wayhouse, uh, you know, people are sort of rushing away from the woods. They are trying to get into some of the sturdy common buildings uh, and people who look like more uh, capable in a fight are passing out spears and standing guard outside of the building, looking nervously up the hill at the woods. This is um maybe this is two different roles or at least or at least a role. But mm-hmm. can we can with our newly acquired language skills can we hear from the commotion any of what is going on or are we are we recognizing anything that might give us context for what's what's happening? That is a very good question. Go ahead and roll your knowledge plus language diamach here. That's going to be six dice for Dosk and three for Lissa, if I remember correctly. I got two fours. Nice. Wonderful. I got, hold on, sixes and nines. Always a, always a befuddlement. Uh, nice. I, got, I got, in fact, two sixes. Okay. Uh, so it's hard given the commotion and the fact that you were not dealing in emergency uh, vocabulary earlier uh, to understand what's going on, but you glean that they have some inkling of what's happening. They have preparations for it, but they don't necessarily seem especially confident in the effectiveness of those preparations. And uh, that they aren't really sending anyone to go deal with it. Everybody is sort of turtling up and hoping for the best. Mm. You do hear a couple of unfamiliar terms in there, though, that sound like proper nouns. You just can't quite parse them. So you are uh, able to glean some things uh, from the ongoing chatter, but it it is uh, unfamiliar vocabulary, unfamiliar proper nouns, uh, a lot of people talking. They talk very quickly, as I may have mentioned before. And uh, you sort of just have a vague sense that they are defensively huddling and hoping that either the problem goes away or maybe somebody intervenes. It's not clear. I'm just going to run in the direction of the Fury. I probably right. uh, haven't made that decision, but when I see Lissa running, I run as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, chances are good that Lissa is going to... Well, I guess Lissa's run is is non-existent, but her endurance is decent. Uh, I'm going to guess that Lissa probably gets there before Dusk does. That seems likely. Just yeah. based on their mortal uh, mortal attributes. Um, and when I say gets there, I mean reaches the woods. Um, these are sort of uh, mountain pole trees, you know, just very vertical, uh, not precisely evenly spaced apart. They don't look planted, but they are well kept enough uh, by the residents of this vale and old enough trees that they are, um, you know, kind of a little bit spaced out. There isn't a ton of undergrowth, uh, a ton of undergrowth. Sorry. Um, And so it's dark, but you can move uh, between them uh, with some uh, speed. And Lissa has the advantage of being able to pinpoint this eruption of fury and and kind of stay on course. Uh, You run past some accommodations for foresters, charcoal burners, hunters, woods people uh, of various kinds. And then you come to a small clearing where such a dwelling has been destroyed. And in fact, some of the nearby trees have been knocked down, heading sort of diagonally from the way you came in, but in the general direction of the village. You wheel around and you can actually see 
where a tree is kind of being tumbled just a little bit ahead of you. You get a clearer view of it with a couple more steps, and presumably Dosk comes up while you are taking this in, uh, breathing heavily, but otherwise fine. Uh, Actually, running uphill at altitude, probably a little lightheaded, uh, but... You look down this sort of alley of destroyed trees, and the first thing your mind thinks is bear? Uh, With the question mark on it, because there are bears in Taraxis. They, uh, you know, live around forests primarily. Uh, They are potentially dangerous, but they don't like being around humans. Uh, in the Lorn Forest in particular, there, if you go in deep enough, are some bears that can be really, truly dangerous. But this one is four to five times the size of the largest bear you've ever heard of. It is the size of a small house. Uh, if you were to stand in front of it while it stood on all fours, you would be looking about at its forelimb joints, its elbows. Uh, it seems to have something approximating the spines, the quills of a boar, uh, along a ridge on its back. It has a, a couple of bony plates in places, kind of on shoulder and hip joints especially. It seems to have a somewhat more... I struggle to describe this sort of broad, sharp-toothed muzzle, uh, which is sort of saying something, uh, because bears are already pretty fearsome in that regard. And it is lumbering uh, with faint tremors that you can actually feel as you draw closer uh, through the ground, down the hill in the general direction of the village, crashing into trees, seeming to be nearly insensate in the fury that Lyssa can feel boiling off of it. I am going to shout at the angry bear <laughs> and perform <laughs> a I guess it would it would it be a ghost miracle. All I want to do is just kind of allow my fury to surge in a demonstration that it can hopefully feel as a fellow mm. furious furry thing not that less is particularly feel, furry but yeah i feel like ghost miracle would be uh an appropriate level there um you know just sort of display your fury are you shouting anything in particular probably just a very loud hey get over here <laughs> okay All right. anything to kind of you know deter it from its current path towards the village. Okay. I'm going to be coy here. And I'm going to tell you what to roll without telling you what you're rolling. Okay. Uh, roll one plus a master die. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, that I That's going to be two tens. All right. Hopefully that's a good thing. You sort of put your fury on display you shout at this bear monster and it lumbers to a stop and it turns around somewhat ponderously to regard you it takes a deep breath 
and it begins to charge. You now have a bear monster the size of a small house charging at you from 30, 40 yards away. You've got some time, but it is coming in your direction. Drew, you are muted. Drew, you are muted. You're muted. I was avoiding some dark noises. <laughs> <laughs> I was making sure you didn't get dog noises. I apologize. I was going to say, this probably doesn't take long. Uh, but do we perceive anything supernatural, non-physical about this bear? Or does it seem to just, if we look at it with, the, with, with our second sight, does it nonetheless just seem to be a very large bear thing? So in addition to seeming to be a very large bear, you detect a weak octoritas around it. This is a miraculous creature. It's not the best news. It's a mir- You cut out a little bit on the last word there. Sorry, miraculous. Pardon. It is a miraculous creature. Okay. I will stay closer to the microphone. Hopefully the listeners do not mind the sound of my breathing (laughs) there's no there's no actual play podcast on npr so this is an aesthetic we're creating (laughs) so uh i unless dosk has something in mind i'm gonna go uh deranged snow white this bear has knocked over a lot of trees Mm -hmm. trees probably have feelings about that so I'm going to do a lesser creation of tree fury between the, the charging bear and us um, to try to bind it and try to like rile them into binding it with their roots. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is probably a command inspire role to get the effect that you want from your miracle. Mm-hmm. Which is one plus a master die for the listener Thank at home. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, but you're rolling out a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to be a pair of threes. pair of threes. All right. The shattered trees around it as it charges simply burst, throwing splinters in a wide arc around them. Some of these splinters seem to do some damage to the bear. Others just careen off into the forest. You don't get entanglement, but you do get a giant bear monster charging through what amounts to a arboreal minefield. Any particular action from Dosk? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, as is usually the issue with my powers. Um, I, <laughs> I want to negate the bear's momentum. Uh, so I'm creating a lack of momentum. I'm destroying it, but I can't. I can't destroy nothing. I can only create nothing. So yes, I am mm-hmm. creating inertia where it has momentum. Doesn't have to be long. Hmm. I'm essentially trying to trip it by making its momentum not exist for a moment. So I, in my head, it's a lesser creation, but that's obviously not mm-hmm. up to me. That's up to the power, the power that be. I just I think it the- is a lesser creation. I see the cartoon leg spinning like whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It is a lesser creation. Um, you focus on its forward movement, on its momentum, and you try to negate it. Try to create nothing in its place. Being 
nothing's regal. Uh, you, you know, feel your mastery over your estate as complete as it can be. And this really, really quickly, this see... is not probably important to the outcome, but it would be important to ask. Are any of the villagers mm-hmm. looking at me doing this? There are no villagers around. They all ran down the okay. hill while you guys Then I'd probably it. not bother to do anything too physical. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Uh, you feel it take. You feel the miracle take effect. You feel the momentum sort of evaporate for a moment. But... Well, Newtonian physics haven't really been observed in Teraxis in the same way that they have in the modern world. And so you probably don't have the vocabulary specifically to talk about what's happening on like a kinematic equation level here. But basically, you appear to also have negated things like drag, inertia, friction. You just suspend the laws of mechanical movement for a moment. And this bear seems to stop and then shoot forward very quickly and then suddenly resume its stride, stumbling and even doing sort of like a shoulder roll at the jarring interruption. I made it T-pose and then shoot forward like a frictionless cube. Okay. You basically caused a glitch in the physical world. Yes. That's cool, but it doesn't help us very much. I mean, it has slowed it down a little, but you probably have about time for one more action before it, you know, is bearing down on you and you have to react to the physical threat that it poses. Bearing very, down very on us. Very unkind time for that pun. Bear, bearing down. Bearing, bearing down. <laughs> Unbearable. <laughs> Oh, just grin and bear it. <laughs> Usually I'm all, <laughs> all right, let's, all let's, puns. Let's pause these puns. Okay, so um, <laughs> I'll see myself out. So what's our plan here? <laughs> um, <laughs> got to make a plan quick because this thing is bearing down on you. Let's see your action. I'm, I feel like my hands are tied and I this is going to suck. Um I'm going to do a lesser destruction of fury, which will require me to use one of my miracle points in domain. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to negate its fury. Okay. Um, And I know you said it had a weak Octoritas. It did, yeah. Do I have any sense of, like, will I have to... I know with... um. The drowned child girl, we would have to spend extra miracle points. Mm-hmm. Do I? Have- yeah, it's kind of up to, up to your instinct. What do you What do you want to gamble it on? If it feels weak to you, it's probably not particularly high. Yeah, so it's probably a one, which would mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one miracle point or one miracle level, which translates for your purposes to one miracle point per penetration level that you want to add to it so i will use an additional miracle point which brings me one lower all right this is gonna Uh, hurt (laughs) so you fix it with a glare and you negate its fury you you destroy the fury that you feel fountaining from it dusk 
you see Lissa crumple in a heap. Mm-hmm. You see the bear stumble and sprawl in a ground-shaking fall. And hear a low moaning seem to come from it. Uh, I perform a lesser preservation with two penetration uh, to keep an empty space where its fury was. I'm preserving the nothing mm. that occupies the emotional <laughs> space where the fury once sat. That also is going to hurt. Okay. Yeah. And I apologize to listen <laughs> out loud <laughs> as I do it. <laughs> You don't think she can hear you, but you do so anyway. The bear creature very slowly hauls itself to its feet and sort of looks around slowly. Eventually, its gaze settles on Dosk and the crumpled form of Lissa. Now, Lissa, you don't stay unconscious for very long. You pass out immediately upon destroying this thing's fury, but you start coming to pretty quickly. And you are in almost literally blinding pain. There are spots swimming in your eyes. And your vision, at first you think it's sort of tunneling, but you realize that, no, you're not experiencing tunnel vision. What you're getting is rippling darkness around the edges of your vision. You can tell through basically spirit sense that this is an influence of your connection to Mott uh, in your vision. You feel weak. You are shaking. You kind of feel like you just spent a long time throwing up, although fortunately you have not. You, you don't see any evidence that you've made a mess. But you probably could sit up. You almost certainly couldn't stand at this point. The bear creature is regarding you pretty inscrutably. Dosk, any particular actions? <laughs> you are muted again. We have a lot of dogs. I, I promise you I'm saving you from a lot of dog sounds. Um, sorry <laughs> it's all that. good. Um, inscrutably. So we're not sure what the, <laughs> what the bear creature wants or needs of us. Um, can I try and find out? Can I do a divination that tells me what is in the empty space where Fury used to be? Hmm. You can. I'm going to defer the answer to that until I see what, if anything, Lissa is saying, doing, or thinking. I am just going to hold a hand up to the giant bear creature. Uh, how to train your dragon style. <laughs> <laughs> and it has no teeth. Wait, and it definitely has, has a lot, lot of teeth. Um, and say i can give back what is stolen if you redirect it away from the village and probably pair that if i can with a small ghost miracle again mm. okay so dosk was trying to divine what is now absent is that correct 
what's what's fighting to fill in the space that I'm keeping absent where the fury used to be? What's poking at the edges of the nothing I'm preserving? Okay, okay. It is an element of fury born of several different and not easily identified varieties of pain. You, you cut. You cut out on what I'm pretty sure was the word pain. Yeah, it was the word pain. I am sorry. I am going to try and adjust my Discord because I know my audacity is picking that up. <sighs> sorry, you're all good. I was just. Wait, we. I think we, we both like leaned in and read your lips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Hopefully, this will pick that up more better now. In any case. If the fury is what's trying to flow into the space that you are preserving nothing in, where it is flowing from the headwaters, if you will, are pain. You can't be more specific than that. But there are, you think, several sources. Lissa, you hold out your hand, you make your offer and your ghost miracle, And the bear creature growls low in its throat in a way that you don't so much hear as feel in the space in your lungs. Uh, And it sort of seems like it's going to be building up to, you know, kind of an aggressive stance again. But then it sort of huffs loudly and its head droops some. And you think it might be about to approach you when your attention is drawn up. Through the trees, you can see a night sky full of stars with a mostly full moon and only a small scattering of clouds. You can also see that one of those stars is moving closer to you rapidly. It takes you a moment as it draws closer to realize it's not a star at all. What you are seeing is the glow of spirit around a nobilis. By far the strongest nobilis in spirit, in synchronization with the shard of their imperator's soul that you have yet encountered. You might call them an inferno. You can't see them, just the glow, silvery like starlight, rocketing towards you. You have a moment, if there is any particular actions you wish to take. There are any particular actions you wish to take. Did uh, Dosker lay the information about the bear's pain? Let's say I did. That I'm doing that as we start to see this glow. I didn't want to interrupt okay. that that rather rather lovely description. Um, that was but yeah, very lovely. Explain that the source of the fury was pain. Yeah, and pain coming from many sources. I would have probably emphasized that part. There's no clear origin. It's not obviously a single wound. It's from somewhere or some somewheres. Uh, I probably quickly turn my attention back to the bear and be like, "Can we help you? <laughs> Can you understand us? I want to help you." The bear does not give any particular reaction. It seems befuddled in some way as it 
regards you and then kind of shakes its head and tries to adjust its stance and doesn't seem to know exactly what's happening. At which point, the incoming nobilis alights between you and the bear. The bear monster sort of rears back, not in anger or even necessarily in fear, but simply in surprise and genuinely tries to cover its eyes with its paws, looking at this bright glow before you. I'm going to adopt the bear. What do I need to roll? (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we can see how that goes, but uh, at the moment I'm not sure what you could roll to try and make that happen. There's different priorities for Lissa, but I I am going to adopt this bear, (laughs) and if anything bad happens to the bear... Fair enough. His name is Barony um. Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else watches The Good Place, but you just you just gave me a flashback to one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyhow, there's a novellus that's very sparkly. In yeah, front yeah of that's us probably now. probably something we should worry about. Um, although there's a it is... there's a whole side story about the bear and then Lisa training the bear and all that. that's that's all happening in my head. However, for the moment, the montage, yeah, it's going to be set up. You're the best around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the bear is training anyway. for some kind of big competition. <laughs> no one, no one thought it could win, but together they can make it happen. Um, it's gonna gonna one hit one hit ko rocky <laughs> rocky seven or eight or whatever oh i'd now. pay i'd pay good oh. american money to see that um okay uh all we can see so, is light is that right at first all you can see is light it's like letting your eyes adjust you know from a dark room into a bright light you start off just seeing light and then you can see the silhouette of a figure in the light turning from you to face the bear and making some gesture that remains ambiguous, you know, uh, based on what you can see. And the bear crashes to the ground in a pile. It is unclear what exactly has become of the bear at this juncture. As the figure turns back around, your, for lack of a better term, spiritual eyes have started adjusting. You can still perceive the glow, but it is now something that you can kind of start to tune out. And the figure in front of you is relatively short, just shy of five and a half feet. Um, Seems feminine. It's wearing garb that is entirely unfamiliar to Taraxan eyes and not particularly similar to the villagers that you met in Ivapa in Ivapa and in the villages that you've passed through so far in the Vale. Uh, she has what seems to be something like a cross between a robe and a dress and is wearing some kind of head covering with a sort of light silvery band and then the rest of the material of her entire outfit is in midnight blue and is dappled in sort of silver sparkling stars her eyes as she approaches you are a silvery like the starlight above there's no sign of her hair her skin is pale enough that your immediate reaction is worry (laughs) 
but she wears a sort of enigmatic smile uh, and a sort of vague expression with it on her face as she approaches you. She seems of an age with Lissa, perhaps, but also strangely timeless. Hi. As she approaches... Could I interest she... you in a drink? <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question. Are you trying to say that in Diamach? Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go that's... ahead and roll three dice. I swear, if Lissa picks up this Nobilis, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> You say what you think is, hi, could I interest you in a drink? Uh, You're certain that a greeting and the word drink are in there, and you're pretty sure that you have made some kind of offer. The reply does not come in words at all. You simply hear it in Taraxin in your mind. It's an unfamiliar voice and a very serene, soothing one. The woman's lips continue to smile. uh, And her response is, Oh, I enjoy beverages of all kind. What did you have in mind? (laughs) I'm so happy right now. (laughs) The listener cannot fully appreciate just how happy Robin is without the visual. <laughs> For the record, Dosk, you hear this reply too. Okay. Again, you don't actually hear it with your ears, you perceive it. I didn't hear the question, but I do hear the answer. Is that is that about right? Well, I mean you probably heard the okay. question. Okay. Yeah, I said it out loud. So I'm here. Okay, very cool, cool. poor DML. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um I I probably smile and think I actually say aloud in Taraxin, um, now that I think about it, so that way Doss can be part of this conversation <laughs> as well, uh, and say, I, I know of a place with a wide variety of beverages, as long as you promise to do no harm to the villagers below. What role would you like to make with this no. now that you have established I that you are talking? I say it as uh, charmingly as I can, so charm plus fascinate because I am h- hitting on this woman. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, no, go ahead. This is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, oh, ooh, okay, 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 okay. So I rolled two sixes, and I can set my master die to a six as well for the trifecta of a triple six, correct? Correct. (gasps) Horns. In so many different ways. (laughs) Dice punks roll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you said in so many different ways, but yes, it is the (laughs) dice punks roll. Yes. Um... You you say this, and she sort of cocks her head and replies again in, in your mind uh, by saying, Oh, I wouldn't harm the villagers. And you notice that as she is listening to your response, she sort of like, her eyes drift partway closed, and she's like, shudders a little bit. Um, 
and she follows up her you know reassurance that she wouldn't harm the villagers um with a question she says where are you from i haven't heard your wonderful language before across the pond (laughs) (laughs) she sort of blinks once and then chuckles aloud uh you know the first time she has opened her mouth at all since you have met her um and replies again in your head i see a pond how charming please let us quit these dreary woods they feel bitter tonight accompany me back to the village and we shall talk more there she starts to turn away and then turns back looking at both of you and says once again in your minds with a small bow of her head i am apatia and then turns around and keeps going no further introduction is the bear okay Good question. Upon closer observation, the bear appears to be some flavor of unconscious, but breathing. Beyond that, you have no insight into the bear's condition. How far ahead is Apatia from us? Is she still, if I start talking to her, do you think, let me just, never mind. I'm asking questions that I should just be role playing (laughs) instead because I'm very excited. Um, I will say before we go. Uh, and I, I didn't get to make a wingman roll, though I'm sure there'll be time. <laughs> what I do with the bear as we see that the bear seems to be alive is I, I try and negate the pain nibbling at the edges of my nothing. I try to replace that oh. too with nothing and turn what might be unconsciousness into a pleasant sleep as best I can with the tools at my disposal. Okay. Um, I mean, you perform the miracle. You don't really have any insight into how well that works, though. You make the attempt. I'm not a fat. Maybe uh. someday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you presumably follow Apatia down the hill. I ask if the bear is going to be okay. Is that to me, or is that... To Apatia. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, without turning, she sort of gives a slightly noncommittal nod and says, again, uh, not aloud, Ivy will be as okay as I can make her. Her name is Ivy. I like Ivy a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Bear friend, bear friend. (laughs) uh, Ivy training montage, Ivy training montage. (laughs) (laughs) as i as i pass by ivy i probably try to give a gentle pat like Mm -hmm. a comforting pat and then continue following apatia um ivy's coat is uh very coarse but very thick so it has like this give this really satisfying give Mm -hmm. to it even though it's not like smooth on your hand <laughs> I want to adopt this bear. <laughs> <laughs> you follow a patient down in the direction of the village, 
Um, as she enters the village, she sort of looks around somewhat wonderingly. She trails a hand uh, along a log side of a house and sort of you hear almost like a hissed intake of breath as she does it, but she doesn't take her hand away. Um, and as she turns onto sort of the main street, she sees down the way where the villagers have sort of turtled up, uh, you know, around their more sturdy structures. Uh, and as soon as they can make her out, they immediately relax, start collecting spears and putting them back. Uh, people start coming out of the building and going back to their homes, uh, even without exchanging any sort of, you know, words with Apatia until she draws closer. At which point, some of the older folks in the village come and have a quiet conversation in Diamach with her. Um, and then they head off. On a scale of uh, a, on turns... a scale of nothing to everything, <laughs> I assume it's not everything. How much of that conversation can we understand? Almost nothing. It is very hushed. Sure. They are trying not to be overheard by the rest of the villagers, uh, and that then would include by collateral not being overheard by you. Yeah, Dask is like um, it, it would be like visible how much he is listening to this conversation, even if he gets nothing out of it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can probably catch individual words, but not enough to get a larger sure, sense sure. of what's going on. Um, having, uh, you know, sort of everyone divided back toward their homes. Apatia turns back to the two of you and she's sort of holding her hands kind of in the ends of the sleeves of her uh, habit uh, and uh, sort of smiling. She gives a, a little bow and... Uh, tries speaking Taraxin aloud for the first time. Uh, it is not perfect, it is heavily accented, but it is probably better than either of your Diamach is. Uh, and she says, To the House of Way? And gestures toward the Way House. Uh, and waits for you to take the lead. Specifically waits for Lissa to take the lead. I... <laughs> <laughs> can i can i, I roll really with... quick really quick can i roll charm plus graces to gesture that lissa is going to take the lead to confirm that this is definitely the correct order of things and that absolutely <laughs> you're in safe hands with lissa is the you best may roll it man. for sure <laughs> He's sure as hell trying <laughs> that is two sevens all right um Apatia gives you a warm smile, but no other particular response uh, before she follows uh, Lissa toward the Wayhouse. When you enter, Hilla is uh, putting her cast iron griddle back up on a high shelf, uh, and she turns uh, to see who's entering. She um, sees Lissa and kind of gives a smile and a nod and looks like she's about to turn back to what she's doing and then sees Apatia and prostrates herself on the floor like fully like you know arms out head down like bowed uh apatia says something to her in diamok that uh as far as you can uh you know kind of parse it is something along the lines of oh please <laughs> um the local idiom for for no 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 need for that and uh hilla you know, stands, but, you know, sort of bows a few times and immediately starts getting uh, glasses down uh, to to serve you in. 
uh, Apatia walks up to the bar, but it does not seat herself, uh, and still has this kind of like vague but almost kind of beatific smiling look on her face. It hasn't changed much uh, since you initially encountered her. And as she is sort of standing there, uh, even just for a moment, she sort of closes her eyes and sort of takes a deep breath and releases it with sort of a shudder. I uh, pull a seat out for her because I have manners. And (laughs) I ask her if she's okay. I can't help but notice that you closed your eyes. She... Uh, turns towards you with a smile, not sitting down in the seat that you've pulled out for her, at least as yet, uh, and sort of reaches out and very gently rests her fingertips uh, on your cheek, and you again hear in your head something to the effect of, let's see how she phrased this, um, your smiling face tastes wonderful, sweet and savory all at once. She withdraws her hand. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So while we went on drinks, um, it is delightful to meet you, but I am curious to know more about you since I think that you are, since I know that you're like us. She cocks her head a little bit and says aloud, Like you? How? She doesn't seem skeptical, merely curious. I have, if it's not clear, taken the seat next to Lissa, and I am little rascalzing slash scooby-doing next to her head, (laughs) uh, being part of the conversation, but being as unobtrusive as, uh, as, as I am capable of being. Indeed. Uh, Hilla has bustled off to some storage room and come back with a small wooden cask of what you assume to be the best the house has to offer, uh, based on her reaction to Apatia earlier, and starts to fill glasses. Apatia gets the most, uh, by a good 50%. Um, whatever is... (laughs) Uh, whatever is in the glasses, uh, has a, uh, smell that is sort of earthy and floral at the same time and Ipatia lifts her glass up and sort of takes a deep breath and her hand tightens on the glass and her arm kind of shakes for a moment before she sort of lets out a breath and sets it down without having taken a sip uh, as yet Um, she seems content to just sort of wait for Lissa to, to say something or Dusk, for that matter. I'm not shutting you out of the conversation. You just indicated your desire to remain on its periphery. <laughs> oh, periphery is the place. <laughs> da- no, Dusk is in full wingman mode. Dusk is, re- Dusk is ready, but Lissa is taking the lead. Okay. <laughs> um, I probably glance and smile briefly at Dusk and then thoughtfully turn back to a patient and say, uh, someone who has a shard of reality within their soul. She, you know, sort of turns and goes, oh, out loud, and then fixes you with a very sort of curious, penetrating look and 
asks you in all seriousness in her heavily accented Taraxin out loud, What do you carry? Now, I should point out that even seated, she is looking sharply up at Lissa. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't help but feel as though you are the, you know, sort of um, regarded party here. Looking down at her does not seem to lend particular strength to your gaze here. In your company, Furious Joy. She sort of rocks her head one side to the other with a little bit of a nod and then looks up at you again and says, again out loud and in her heavily accented Taraxin, Fury? Joy? May I taste which one is prevalent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hold on, let me figure out how Lissa would actually respond. That was a pretty good Fair response. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what you mean, but I'm not sure that I object at all. She nods, keeping eye contact with you as she looks up at you. She reaches out and grasps your elbow and sort of slides her fingers along your arm as she brings your hand palm up kind of just to before her collarbone and then only then does she break eye contact to sink her teeth into your wrist uh she bites through the skin uh and you feel yourself bleeding Mm -hmm. um and when she sits up, her lips are very red with your blood, but there is no open wound on your wrist. And she stands there, having never taken a seat. Um, eyes closed, lips gleaming, kind of looking slightly up, and sort of twitching and shivering. Uh, a little bit and then she sits heavily down as she opens her eyes and looks at you as though you have just served her the best brownie ever baked by a human being uh, the listener should know that I know and... that look and it is her yeah. look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she licks her top lip a little bit getting some of the blood off of it and then says in your head I shall need to taste that again sometime. You are right. There is joy, but the basis is fury. Why have you come across your pond? Beautiful giant. (laughs) (laughs) You almost miss it, but she sort of smirks a little bit as you hear that last. The pterodactyl noise was out of character. <laughs> I should add, while you contemplate, that if there if there were a slightly out of focus background to the shot, it would be me seeing Apatia take Lissa's hand, beginning to undo my own glove in curiosity, seeing the bite, redoing the glove, and taking just <laughs> half a half a step backwards, though I'm seated. Uh, watching my my hand probably goes to my weapon without thinking about it, but then I see that everyone's having a good time, and I return to wingman mode. Please continue. 
I, we need we need these play by plays of Dosk wing manning furiously. <laughs> in this in this Wes Anderson in, in this Wes Anderson movie we're making, but divine. What's happening in the background is important, so I wanted to make that clear. <laughs> um, I uh, I probably I hear this murk, and I probably return it in kind and uh, give Apatia playful but very obvious elevator eyes. Um, and say I'd be happy to tell you if, uh, but I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here. I don't know what part of reality you carry. Fair one. You see her teeth for the first time as she smiles broadly, and they are all at least a little sharp. Uh, and she leans in very close, her cheek touching yours as her lips approach your ear. And she whispers aloud in her accented Taraxin. Listeners, I'm going to get close to the microphone to do this. Sensation. And then she leans back, licking her bottom lip clean of blood. You're just fucking with me now. (laughs) When have I ever done anything else? (laughs) Dosk thinks, I think. And not for the first time that perhaps I should show myself out. <laughs> but I do not. <laughs> it is remarkable how little notice Apatia has taken of you. She has looked directly at you exactly once. And this is particularly remarkable systemically because your spirit is higher than Lissa's. You are more visible on a spiritual level than she is. I'm suspect, but I'm going to ride this train until it crashes. <laughs> I was, for a moment, you you hung out on the word ride, and I was like, oh, what is she going to say? <laughs> that might have been intentional. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Um, I kind of, I probably uh, laugh and say... What a what a delightful thing to have Dominion over. I like to think I'm a bit of an expert in that myself. And quirk an eyebrow at her. Uh, she continues her sort of vague smile and cocks her head to look at you. She gives you a thorough looking over. It goes well beyond elevator eyes. It's as though she is trying to memorize you, uh, albeit quickly. And when her gaze returns to yours, uh, she seems a little sadder than before. It's hard to tell because her expression has not changed much. She wears this sort of vague smile at almost all times. But she says... And again, this part is in your head. Um, You are most pleasant to perceive. But I wonder if I should be doing so. My job, my task, that which has been given to me by Mother Nix, stands in direct opposition to your very being. The law of serenity 
has no place for you. Perhaps, if we were to reconvene outside of Mother Nix's locus, things might be a little different, but... She trails off as her eyes fasten on your tattoo, where it comes, you know, the uh, length of the snake comes kind of out of your uh, sleeve and down your arm. And she reaches out and gently touches it and says, Does it bite? I am definitely speechless for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) And I probably... Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I also... The the smile probably falls off of my face, but not in a way that undermines the sincerity of it or anything that I'm saying, but because she's touched on something I was not expecting her to. And I looked at her and say, I'm a fan of serenity and did not choose the path that I am walking. And She nods a little. And I I cannot say for certain whether or not it bites, but I know that it coils and squeezes. She nods as though in understanding, trailing her fingers up your arm along the length of the snake as she touches uh, sort of your neck where the other snake sort of passes on it. And as she taps it, she says, Sweet. Looks at your arm and says, Bitter looks back up at your neck and says silky looks back at the your arm and says rough she trails both hands down until they are back you know at her sides and says you are a fascinating meal a fascinating that, what? again in your head meal <laughs> uh <laughs> just your mic cut out so I'm having to process in real time. Um <laughs> I probably smile and say I preferred a tall drink of water, but I am not sure if you mean that figuratively or literally. <laughs> She does not reply directly to the implied question. Instead, her smile gets a little broader, uh, and she says, I hope you will stay. And this again in her out loud kind of Taraxin. Um, But for now, I go. Speak to Mother Nix about what happens. She gives you a little bit of a bow and says, be welcome. And then furrows her brow a little bit. The smile doesn't quite slip, but she looks over at Dosk for only the second time and says, who? (laughs) It should be noted that at this point, 
the lack of attention that Apatia has has paid to Dusk is, in all available senses of the word, devastating. <laughs> the only reply that I give is that I briefly assume the aspect of nothing. Mm. That is very interesting. Give me just one moment. So for our listeners, I think we have encountered this before, albeit briefly. Um, one of Dosk's divine gifts is that he is elemental, and his domain is, well, nothing. So he has the aspect of nothing, which means that he takes a form that is the confusing exception to the rule, right? Appearing as whatever form would make the current situation irrelevant or absurd. You don't know what you look like to Apatia in this moment, but her face absolutely lights up. She looks like a kid on Christmas morning for a moment and rushes up to you, like grabbing your forearms in either hand and sort of like squeezing as though to see if they're there. Um, and it feels as though she is going to attempt to lift you off the ground for a moment. Um, but her face is just very, you know, kind of four or five inches away from yours for a moment. Uh, as she sort of grins, sharp teeth glistening, uh, and looks just slightly above where your eyes actually are. So chalk it up to the, you know, aspect of nothing, I suppose. Um, but she says, uh, again, aloud in a combination of Diamach and uh, Taraxin, something to the effect of, you exactly what is needed amazing and then runs out of the wayhouse i was going to ask her how we can help ivan <laughs> i uh did not expect that reaction i don't know what i expected but it definitely wasn't that does she I drink any of her glass she did not didn't touch it at all. I, I I don't know that anybody has had a drink of their class no. yet. No, <laughs> I've been very distracted, so I, I turn and take a long draught out of mine. <laughs> like, probably not disrespectfully chugging, because I understand that's the finest in-house and make a show of mm -hmm. savoring it, but I definitely throw it back. <laughs> you have no idea what they make this out of, but you want ten. Uh, it is a complex and kind of fruity but not overly sweet flavor that you know you can feel the sort of stiffness of the drink underneath it but it doesn't burn it's really nice i set the glass down and say we should probably go take care of the bear I, uh, I I agree, but not before taking a sip myself and uh, and and taking a, a brief eternity of pure hedonism. Is it? Yeah, it is marvelous. Is Hilla around? She has been standing as still as the furniture <laughs> behind the bar this entire time. Her eyes just her eyes tracking Apatia and her head turning enough to follow her where, where she went. She is still actually looking at the door that Apatia left from. Um, I point to where Apatia went 
and then and and then I pull out my canvas. <laughs> well, actually, no, I probably didn't grab it when you were rushing out from the room to get the bear. Dang it! It's probably upstairs. Yeah. Um, and my horrible limited language. I try to ask. Does she come here often? <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll. <laughs> What's a nice girl like her doing in a place like that? <laughs> I got two eights. This is amazing. Oh, shit. <laughs> two eights. Nice. Apparently, uh, my thirst for a patient is <laughs> no <laughs> mathematically significant thirst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I like the the asymmetrical definitions of thirst at play in this <laughs> yes, um, yeah. situation. Um, so, uh, you asked this question in a way that you feel is pretty articulate for you, anyway. Probably heavily accented and painfully slow by local standards. Uh, but Hilla kind of shakes herself a little bit and you know looks at Lissa and says. Uh, in Diamok, but trying to be as slow as she can. This is the first time. I do hope she comes back. What's that? I I then try to say, what's the deal with the? <laughs> kind of mimic the bear. <laughs> uh, you don't have to roll separately for each. Okay, one, that makes me happy. Roll, yeah. Um, you you mimic bear, and she her eyes go a little wide, and she goes, "No, no one knows." It. She looks around a little bit and goes, "It has happened before, but it is rare." That, that poor woman. And she just kind of stares off into space, shaking her head. I probably try and jump in at this point, since she was, after all, my language tutor. And I probably inquire mm. about the poor woman. Assuming I know okay, at least one of those words. Your, yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll your, your uh, DMX skill. Six dice. That is sorry while i total oh my god we have two dice punks rolls in one session that is three sixes oh red letter day <laughs> uh so so you are trying to to ask about who this is or was yeah i i don't i whether or not it's a correct construction in diamok when she says that poor woman i say that poor woman i try to interrogate what did you mean by that is the thought i'm trying to express Right. She sort of processes for a moment and then says, It is not good to speak of, but something happens sometimes. She's trying to speak simply, and so you can follow it, but it is low on precise information. And people... She gestures with her hands as though mimicking like an explosion of some kind um and then the and she says a word that you assume means bears or beasts or something uh like that but then they come
to interact, and I turn to Dosk and say, so people explode and attract the bears? I'd like to tell you I have a better theory as to what that meant, but that's what I got, too. I felt <laughs> a surge of fury from the woods, and was, it may not have been Ivy. Was that the explosion? Does Ivy come when explosions of fury occur? Like calling to like and all that? Let's go find Ivy. It's a good idea. I uh, take a possibly inadvisably large, uh, dr you know, dram of what's left of my cup, not wanting to waste this stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you almost finish the, uh, you know, reasonable but not capacious pour uh, that that Hilla had given you. Uh, and it is delightful. And you head back into the woods, back up the way that you had followed Apatia down. There's no sign of Apatia. In fact, there are few signs of anybody in the village now, as they have all gone seemingly directly back to bed. Um, I guess just relieved uh, that there is no particular emergency anymore. And you head back up the hill toward where you left Ivy slumbering shrug and immediately are worried because there is no sign of a house-sized bear where you left ivy laying ivy but... here girl <laughs> <laughs> but when you get a little closer after only a couple of repetitions of calling for ivy uh through the woods uh in roughly the spot where the bear was laid before you now see there is a person they're werebears. <laughs> uh, this person uh, seems to be a woman of well, not especially determinate age, uh, but, you know, uh, adult, probably given her uh, somewhat weathered, but, you know, not, not exactly weathered, beaten, uh, sort of appearance uh works outside uh not a stitch on her currently uh and she is sort of curled up on her side uh hair sort of flying out about her in a uh wild tangle uh and she is seems unconscious and is breathing deeply but with effort uh somewhat labored I... she seems to be covered in a sheen of sweat I take my captain's jacket off because I'm sure, you know, I had to look properly swashbuckly mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. um, and gently drape it over her and say, mm -hmm. Ivy. She seems unresponsive. No sign given that she heard you at all. I'm just going to pick her up. There's... Mm -hmm. Um, should I should I roll for lifting stance? No. Um. <laughs> I, while, while believe it or not, she is not attempting not to be lifted, so it is pretty effortless. While Lissa is yeah. while Lissa is contemplating this, can I can I do I see the same octoritas that we saw when we looked at the at the bear creature? No octoritas is present. Hmm. Interesting. Quite interesting. 
Yeah, so I when I lift her up too, I make sure she's fully co- covered and mm-hmm. decent cuz manners. Yeah. Um for sure. And probably start to head back to the village for lack of okay. any better idea and probably go to the station of way. <laughs> the station of way indeed. Uh yeah, so you head back to the wayhouse. Uh, and as you enter, Hilla is sort of finishing up her, you know, uh, couple of remaining chores, and she, uh, sort of turns to see who's entering, uh, sees you carrying this woman, and drops everything she's holding. Fortunately, no glasses, just some, uh, towels and wooden utensils, uh, seeming to, like, jump back a little bit and then rushes up and you know sort of looks at you looks at the woman looks at you and says to bed uh and then runs out the front door you're not familiar enough with the village to know what building she's heading toward but she seems to have a destination in mind i think we found ivy (laughs) i can only assume we we may have at that that poor woman, perhaps, <laughs> is that poor woman. Ah. <laughs> it's just a working theory. <laughs> I assume that poor woman was consumed by a bear. <laughs> Either or both. This has been a strange night. That it has. Is your wrist I'm... okay? Apropos of very little. Yeah, but usually there's a lot more uh, red tape and healthy conversation before I let people bite me like that. Red tape? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you, how dare you kink shame the characters in a campaign you're running? (laughs) I just, it was genuine confusion as to what that meant in this context, because my immediate... Uh, sort of mental image was of Lissa pulling out a form in triplicate and <laughs> putting it on the counter and being like, "All right, well, this first. That's it. That's, the, that's... That was the mental image I might have been going okay. for. No, that's it. That, that's enough. it. That's, that's the kink. Hey, it's, if that's yeah. what Lissa is into, then that's fine. It's, a, it's one of those things where Lissa is game for most things, but there are some things that require special stipulation. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, for what it's worth, that came across yeah, to me pretty clearly. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Well, as long as you're all right, uh, I mean, I look like I, I, she seems like a very interesting person, and I didn't mean to interfere. I simply feared for your safety, briefly. I'm not sure that we're safe. I think I've made a good impression, as I normally do, but I'm concerned that she seems to think her imperator is at odds with ours. Does the name Mother Nix mean anything to us? Nope. Never heard it before in your life. And I have a theory. And I probably say this as I'm starting to carry Ivy up to where we're staying for the night, because, you know, Mm -hmm. adopting strange woman in distress (laughs) (laughs) seems to be a running theme for Lissa. There's precedent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Little... I I suspect that the gates were not able to bring us here because this is a land where they worship Nyx, not Mott. 
Nix. Such a strange name. Your theory makes a good deal of sense. How at odds do you think? What would she be, I mean, of? Serenity and uh, theory don't mix, to, for as best as I can tell. The shame of it is that sensation and fury certainly do. Yeah, they do. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, help me find a. Obviously, it hurt your eyes, but help me find an additional nightgown for our uh, barely dressed friend. <laughs> Home run! <laughs> the crowd goes wild. I think uh, I think I remove my uh, my my clamus and uh, and that becomes it's essentially a toga, I guess, if you wear it by itself. So that yeah. that'll do for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you get your lodger settled on one of the the cots in the room, um, and now it's very late at night. <laughs> um. We should take turns watching over our. Uh... <laughs> friend here an extremely good idea you had a, an attack upon yourself so perhaps i take the first watch while you restore yourself uh, that would be appreciated but I, I will clarify that the attack upon myself was committed by uh myself um and and <laughs> me if we're being perfectly fair and i'm sorry about that you're fine i i did it first sure sure it just seemed to me we couldn't afford any additional fury on the part of a. Uh, a, a bear the size of a barn. I, you have a strange definition of barn size. I thought it was more or less the small house-sized bear. <laughs> I suppose I suppose sizes vary. We may not be focusing on the most salient point. You should rest. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dosk. Of course. Lissa beds down, Dosk takes watch. Are you trying to do anything in particular while you're on watch, or occupy yourself, or keep yourself awake in any particular way? That's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything useful I can do with uh, with maybe Ivy here, um, but all I can sound for is nothing. Um, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that I can justify gaining any information. But I would certainly, if only to occupy myself, attempt some kind of divination uh, to try to try and feel. I suppose where there once or recently was some intensity, and now there is not. To feel for the empty spaces where some power expressed itself and now is no longer expressing itself. And I don't probably do this with any intention of learning anything useful. I just am doing my best to stay awake. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I want to impose a role upon you here. Again, miracles happen if they are viable, you know, uh, level-wise uh, with your stats and your miracle points usage. Uh, but in terms of effect here, I would like you to roll this is an unusual one because it's combining two stats but the rules and rain do allow for that under you know uh appropriate circumstances knowledge plus sense six knowledge dice plus sense. Okay. know that there is a minimum 
success meter okay. here. Like you have to have a minimum height uh, in order to see a success. Here's what we got. We got two fours. Okay. Just to, no, I, I really quickly. So you pick the highest one, right? Like so, because in this case, I have nothing but pairs, and I just want the listener to know that mm-hmm. I have two twos, two threes, and two fours, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful to look at. Oh, wow. But I believe in the system; only the two fours matter. Yes. If there was a situation where you were trying to do more than one thing at a time, you would reduce your roll, your your number of dice rolled by one die for every additional action that you're trying to check. Got it. And then you would look for an extra set. We have not really run into that because this, you know, is uh, not a system where it makes a lot of sense to be in, like, detailed tactical combat a lot of the time, at least not so far. Nor have we run into a system where it's Uh, like, well, okay, I have two tens and five twos. Like, which do I pick? Like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. And in that case, it would would depend a lot more on, like, do I want to take my time to do it right or do I want to, like, get a moderate success very quickly? Gotcha. Okay. Well, Um, then I will shut up. Two fours. No, uh, systems explanations are useful. Your two fours, there is less nothing here than you expected, but you can't really be sure of anything more than that. Okay. If my watch is still going, is my watch still going? I was going to say, that's a... You could probably spend a good little while doing that, but probably not your whole watch. So the the next thing I do is probably um, get back into Vruta's head uh, over on the over on the confluence, and my goal is to jump into his head, say you're sane, I'm the crazy one, and then immediately yeet out. <laughs> That is that is piquant. Uh, <laughs> it was not the word I was expecting. Okay, <laughs> you uh, you do manage to jump into Vruta's head. You are uh, immediately overwhelmed by uh, you know the sensations of, in this case, um, a. Uh, Initiate, I guess, would probably be a decent approximation uh, of Vruta's place in this order. Uh, you know, in the process of sort of mourning ritual, uh, which includes, you know, sort of devotional things as well as simply chores. Uh, and you also have the odd disorienting sense of feeling and experiencing his reaction of surprise to your arrival. <laughs> and then you say... <laughs> you're not crazy i'm the crazy one and you feel him about to say something at which point you have yeeted yourself back uh into uh your your own experience here presumably i guess feeling like you have done a good thing in reassuring the poor lad Uh, a a, a rich combination of guilt satisfaction and a job well done (laughs) it takes you a moment to orient yourself once you're back in your body you feel like it's probably nearing the end of your watch since you use most of the night uh on various other things 
but uh, before you can kind of get an idea of how much longer you might have, you look over to the window across the room and you see a Pesha. This is a second floor window. She is uh, perched upside down in the window, so holding on to the top of the window with her hands. <laughs> And her feet planted to either side of her hands on the top of the windowsill. How is her habit her staying sort of, up? Uh, she's very folded over here. Okay. Uh, so it has come partway up her shins, uh, but no further. <laughs> uh, her her wimple is sort of dangling a little bit, uh, allowing you perhaps to see for the first time that her hair is a midnight black. Uh, but she has been... I mean, since before you laid eyes on her, smiling broadly, you can see her kind of bright teeth uh, in the uh, light at night. And she says to you, in your mind, and presumably only yours, because it has the sound of a whisper to it in a way, she says, Hello, delicious friend. And that's where we'll leave off. (laughs) I knew it! (laughs) Good stuff. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh. <laughs> so you can each get one mortal experience point uh, for your efforts this time. But otherwise, I think that concludes this session of Dice Punks. Thanks for joining us. I hope our players and listeners enjoyed it as much as I did, and that you'll all join us again next time. If you're hearing us now, then you probably know where to listen to this, but we can be found almost any place one can listen to podcasts, as well as on the wider web at DicePunks.com and on Twitter as at DicePunks. With that, I think we're ready to say farewell. Say goodbye to the kind folks at home. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can be a good wingman even if you're longing for Senpai to notice you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, there is a very distinct difference between being a tall drink of water and a snack. (laughs) And as the poet once said, screams break the silence, waking from the dead of night. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. And stick around through the admin stuff. There is an earnestly helpful Alyssa's line with Robin waiting for you at the end of it. The songs in this episode, theme of the Dice Punks and its acoustic version, were written and recorded by the regal of nothing himself, Drew. Cover art is by Joanne, who will be behind the scenes for the time being, but played Rue the Gremlin in our Psionics one-shot. Site design and graphics for DicePunks.com are by Robin, the player behind the irrepressible Duchess of Fury. Rain and the one-roll engine it runs on were created by Greg Stoltze, whose work can be found in a frankly astonishing number of cool places, but I'll point you toward GregStoltze.com. Nobilis was created by Jenna Catterin Moran and can be found alongside much of her other really intriguing work both in and outside of tabletop roleplaying at afarandsunlessland.wordpress.com. Links to both systems and authors can be found on the punk grimoire section of our website, dicepunks.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, well, that's reward enough on its own, really. But if you're so inclined, you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us, telling your friends who you think would like us to give us a listen, and even by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dicepunks. We have fun rewards available to backers, including a patron-only Discord and access to the Dice Peaks After Show for Episodes 1 and following. Regardless, we hope you'll tune in again, and until then, remember, subtlety is for cowards.
forget about cheesy pickup lines this time. Let's talk about you, listener. I want to make sure that you're doing all right. Are you engaging in good self-care practices? When's the last time you drink some water? Because, listener, you make me thirsty. <laughs> have you eaten today? You don't have to cook anything elaborate. You don't even have to spend a lot of money on takeout. Fruit makes a great snack. Just like you, listener. Oh, and make sure you get plenty of sleep, too. Enough for the both of us, because lots of you keep me up all night. 